Hey guys, welcome to Rankin' Vile, the podcast where we attempt to rank every single horror movie ever. And on this episode, we are joined by a 30 Days of Plights, Justin Simba. How's it going, man? That's going all right. Excellent. Uh, and this is uh, Ryan, obviously. And this is Quincy, here to talk about more movies. <laughs> that so, is your, your so thing, Simba, yeah. you also are in the watching bad content to goof on it game. Uh, your blog is the the light of my life, the joy of my week. Uh, how do you do it and not seriously question your life choices every time you watch a honeymoon or uh, Sharknado? Um, I mean, honestly, most of the time, by the time I get to the last week of doing it in my cuts, I'm definitely questioning if this is what I should be doing with my life right now. Um, like, just every single movie is, like a nail into my eyes Mm -hmm. for most of the time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I was hoping that you would have like some tips for like, Oh, well, you know, if you get into a bad movie, like this is how you can get your way through it. But I don't know. No, there's, how do you cope with just like shit movies? Um, multitasking so that it's on, but I have something else to like distract myself. Um, right because otherwise yeah to just to just sit there and dedicate myself to an hour and a half of just absolute just trash is not the easiest thing because like when i when i think of um the netflix horror selection i always think of the movie witchin and bitchin which might be one of the angriest times i've ever spent watching a movie and i feel like netflix is wild because of like all of the horror movies that you see on there it, again it's like sort of um bottom shelf stuff that you might find uh in like a video store but it's uh, i don't know it's it's they're always available and they've like netflix has like a rotating um cast of like actual top shelf horror that it has sometimes but that's very rare and it's very inconsistent and the evergreen witching and bitching. You can they will never count on. They will never get rid of it. It'll be there long <laughs> after we're all dead. I have somehow missed seeing that on there, so I'm mm-hmm. sure it'll come up at some point in my reviews. Yeah. So, Justin, will you explain to our listeners who aren't familiar with your website how you pick your uh, torture? Yeah, sure. Um, so what I do is um, I do cuts, um, which is a 30-day section um, where I basically go to the Netflix horror category, and then I take um, two D&D dice. I take a D10 and a D12, and I roll those, and then whatever number combination comes up ends up being the movie that I watch and review. Holy shit. Purely left to fate. Do yeah. you ever oh, yeah. fudge the dice rolls? Like you get something and you're like, I cannot. The no. The only exception is if I roll something that I've already reviewed, in which case I'll take either the movie before or after it. So I have a choice in that. Um, but mm-hmm. most of the time, the ones on either side aren't that great either. So it's 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 almost always a critical fail. Right. Yeah, it's, so it's always been... after birth. <laughs> right. Yo, oh my god, yes. Yo, Hiss got added to Netflix, and I'm kind of bummed that we didn't talk about Oh that. shit, Hiss. Yes. Uh, yeah, Jennifer Lynch's Hiss. That uh-huh. Even Jennifer Lynch is like, I don't want my name associated with this project. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, so Justin, like, what, um, which, which of the critical failures would you say was the most critical? Like, wh- which was the one that has most made your soul feel unclean? Oh my god, I don't even remember the name of it it was um a film out of india and for some reason it was in the horror section but it was listed in horror and then like had ages nine and up on it like you know <laughs> holy shit like it's some shitty bootleg toy um and the premise of it was uh, a woman and her son move into a haunted house and the boy ends up befriending the ghost um, but it's typical Bollywood, so there are just full all-out dance and musical numbers, mm-hmm. but they're involving kids. Oh, no. Um, so, yeah, it was it was a three-hour movie. I made it to the second musical number where it was a bunch of kids dressed up like they were going to be in, like, some sort of uh, 90s hip-hop 
type video thing on the playground and i was i'm done i, I can't do it <laughs> out i'm out on this yep yeah i feel like that's pretty fair why why am i literally just picturing like a bollywood version of casper uh no not even like that because at least like honestly casper was decent it had mm-hmm. what christina ricci in it and stuff like that oh so sure that was Bill okay Pullman. so yeah. more like bollywood spooky buddies yeah kind of along that line but to be fair spooky buddy spooky buddies fucks that's a good movie <laughs> because they heard it here first spooky buddies in fucks. the first minute of the movie the movie's about ghost dogs because they murder dogs holy shit wow oh and there's spooky a there's a rottweiler from satan in that movie um so you're telling me that we're doing Spooky Buddies at some point on this podcast. Yeah, next week, Spooky Buddies. <laughs> okay, still on we, Netflix because I ain't paying money for it. Oh, certainly not. But we need to we need to mix it up so that it's like uh, some horrible like Takashi Miike movie and then Spooky Buddies. So Simba, uh, can I recommend that you do uh, Curious George's Halloween Boo Fest for Thirty Days of Plight? Um, at some point, sure. I can, <laughs> I have to figure out how I'm going to work that in, but, um, yeah, uh, yeah it's will, really good. It's, it's already on our list. Uh, I cannot recommend that one enough. Yep. Yeah. You guys definitely talk about it a ton on here. We do. Uh, more than, listen, we, no one else has the, uh, has the guts to talk about, uh, Curious Georgia Halloween Boo Fest, but we're, you know, out here holding the torch. Um, so of, of the movies that we uh, that we all watched for today, let's jump into the first one, which is uh, Amat Escalante's *The Untamed*. Man, what? Okay, so are we doing spoilers, and what constitutes a spoiler in this movie? Hmm. I say let's just go balls to the wall and do spoilers. I mean, I don't think How it's do a spoiler spoilers? to say there's a tentacle sex monster that fucks a woman in the first five minutes of this film. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Hot out of the gate, tentacle. T- tentacle I sex. don't think it's a it's a spoiler to say there's full tentacle penetration in this movie. Right, and especially, um, and the problem is also that the tentacle monster doesn't exactly know how to fuck necessarily because it's a space alien and, and also a monster. So, like the 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 main character, she has to go to the hospital for like a puncture wound on her stomach because the tentacle monster is not great at fucking. And this is in the first five minutes of the movie. Okay, so so I feel like this is maybe the wrong start because <laughs> I love this movie. <laughs> I do too. No, that's this movie is great. Like, yeah. Well, so by the way, this is a screener that Strand Releasing sent us. Uh, this is on Blu-ray, DVD, VOD. Watch this movie. Like, pause the podcast. Mm-hmm. Watch the movie. And come back, and I think you'll have even a better time. But this, we, we rarely like give high praises, but I say you have to see this movie. Yeah. So Justin, what, right. what, what, what was your what was your take on the Untamed? Oh man, um, this out of the three movies we watched, this one I definitely have the best notes for, mm-hmm. um, as far as like just absurd notes. I have a section that's just crotch zoom, animal fuck pit, alien hentai sex, fuck death by snoo snoo. <laughs> alien this movie fuck is literally pit death by snoo snoo. Animal fuck pit is the best part. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, what's. So. Should we try to do a plot synopsis, or do we just leave it as animal fuck pit, number one on the list? Let's move on. Oh, wow. boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, oh, man. Okay. Oh, geez. So the plot of The Untamed by Amada Escalante is that there are all these young people who are all kind of in love with each other and all kind of having sex, but they're all full of feelings and very sad. And then also in the midst of that, there is a tentacle monster from outer space that lives in a shack owned by a a nice elderly couple. And you come, listen, this monster fucks. You go to this monster to have weird sex and everybody is kind of fucking the tentacle monster. Um, and it's a coming of age story and that's it. That's, that's my uh, plot synopsis of the untamed. See, and I feel like it's, it's, so I was talking to my wife about it and she's like, why are you watching porn? Cause I said, <laughs> it's a movie with an alien fuck monster. And she's like, right. no, that's not 
<laughs> acceptable. Why why are you doing this? Like, but no, it's actually like a tense family drama. It's just yeah. also has an alien dick monster. You know what this is? This is reality bites plus tentacle hentai. That's what the untamed is. Yeah. That's it's valid. very good. Like Ah, oh, man. I, and honestly, what, what's funny is that, so, uh, obviously, you know, from Jump Street, tentacle sex, wild, first five minutes. And after that, it gets kind of slow. Like, it's mostly a lot of young people either fucking or talking about their feelings, and it's great. And then well, also I mean, there's a that love monster. triangle dynamic is fascinating to me. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Because, like, you, and, and the way that you have uh, on hell, like, being so homophobic and against his brother-in-law because he's having a Secret- relationship with them. He's secretly fucking a- yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a te- uh, textbook toxic masculinity used to cover up his own like latent homosexual desires. So. Right, exactly. Yeah. And I think um I'm really bummed out. Simone Buccio is the woman who plays Veronica mm-hmm. and this is the only movie she's ever been in. Oh, no shit. I had assumed that she yeah, was out here tearing it up on the indies. Because I want her... I want Simone Buccio and Ruth Ramos in every movie from now. Oh my god, Ruth, Ruth Ramos is, like, incredible in this. And then also, I... I um, so we're gonna uh, also get into this when we talk about um, Train to Busan. But I like movies that um, are sort of... They're about the thing, but they're not about the thing, where it's like... The Untamed is about young people figuring out their sexuality and the way that they relate to each other and trying to um, figure out the parameters of their world. And also there's a tentacle fuck beast. Um, and it's like Train to Busan is about, you know, a father and his daughter and, you know, what a man has to do to be a good father. And, you know, how, you know, should you help people? And, you know, what are what are your obligations to your fellow men? And also you're on a zombie train. Like, it's horror movies that are about a thing that also features, you know, Satan or zombies or a tentacle monster. Yeah, it's almost like they were trying... This could be an Oscar bait movie if they re-edit it and cut all the alien out. Well, take out all the vaginas, first of all. I feel like that's crucial in getting this to the Academy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, boy. There is just straight-up full-frontal nudity in this all the time. So... Why is full frontal female nudity so shocking? Is it because it never shows up in movies and when it does, it's like, oh, wow, there it is? Or, like, is that my toxic masculinity? Like, oh, no, girl parts, those shouldn't be on the on the TV? Or, like, what is that? That's a good question. Justin, what do you think? Um, I mean, in truth, I think it's just uh, this kind of old-fashioned view of um, not showing, like, sexual organs, however people consider the breast to be sexual organs, when literally all they are is, like, you know, bags of fat that occasionally have milk for right. children, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those things where I, I feel like it's an older view where people are like, oh no, like, women should be covered up, like, right. you know, we shouldn't see that stuff, but, I mean, like, in truth, it's 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 a body. Like, yeah. you, everyone's got one. Of course. Well, and, and also, um, anytime, honestly, I'm not even going to lie to you, every single time I see full frontal nudity in a thing and I see pubic hair, I instantly, in a, like a Pavlovian way, think of philosopher John Ruskin, um, because he was a guy who had a lot of theories about, like, labor and, and, and you know, work and the nature of work and the nature of, you know, how you derive your, your worth from your work. But that all of that is bullshit, because the important thing about John Ruskin is that on his wedding night, he had never seen a vagina before, and he got real wigged out by his wife's pubic hair and panicked and hid in the bathroom um, <laughs> and could not deal with it because the only representation of a vagina he'd seen had been on, like, statues. So he had never seen some pubes before on a woman, and he... So uh, I think it's kind of that. where like, we're used to seeing boobs on, on TV because, like, which is a thing that bums me out about stuff like Game of Thrones or something, because in the year of our Lord 2017, we're supposed to be scandalized by boobs on screen? Like, guys, internet porn exists. It's not transgressive or shocking. Well, you know, my wife uh, is in public health, and that's a big thing that she 
deals with is the unrealistic standards that teenage boys develop uh, being raised on internet pornography and hardcore pornography. Oh, God. Um, it's just like there's no... You you have this generation of, of boys who have been raised seeing all of this but still having no idea the mechanics of reproduction. So, right. like, you know, teen pregnancy, it, you know, doesn't is on the rise because, you know, kids watch sex, but they don't actually understand, like, how it works. So, so you know, version... you still have people that think, like, so in a pinch, a chip bag will work, right? <laughs> so their version of sex is like a ghoulish pantomime of a, what a pornographer thinks would look good on camera. Yes, exactly. Eee. And there's a lot of, uh, there's actually some TED Talks about this, about, you know, how... Uh, young girls are also kind of put in this weird position where, you know, a lot of hardcore sex is very violent against women. Mm -hmm. So it puts these young women in this position where they have to let their partners be violent because they think that's the way that you do it. So if you don't come on her face, how does she know you love her? Right. Oh God, this makes me just want to confiscate. If if you're like below the age of 15, I just want to, like, come around, confiscate everybody's genitals, give them a good debriefing, let them know what's up, and then give them back at the end. Like, guys, this is... You can't have these because you you don't know what you're doing. So, I think my favorite thing about The Untamed is despite full dick penetration, like, tentacle Mm -hmm. dicks, it's actually a very tasteful, reasonable (laughs) depiction of sex. Like, all of the sex is just normal sex yeah i kind of like the banality of the sex scenes where it's just sort of the the meat slapping noise and it's and now what's what's also interesting to me is that like a lot of sort of extreme cinema right now i feel like nobody's trying to do sexy sex scenes um because like generally it's sort of you've got you've got the macaroni and cheese slapping noise and like a, a static camera that's not like not a lot of dynamic camera work it's just sort of like dispassionately watching it from like kind of across the room with maybe a slow zoom with no soundtrack. If if there's any word to describe the camera work in this movie, it is dispassionate. It's just yeah. as far away as possible watching people walk through fields. Yeah. Yeah, and then a collection of just a bunch of slow zooms on, like, scenery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then also tentacle sex. And honestly, like, I, parts of it were almost starting to bore me because I, I, the problem with opening a movie with, like, crazy tentacle sex is now I'm just waiting for the tentacle sex to come back around again. Yeah, but I think they really managed to even avoid the monster problem of, like, oh, that's just a guy in a suit or, oh, that's just CG because, like, they use it so that... I think it's unfair that he doesn't have a name. Um, I lobby uh, old PD Tendex. <laughs> <laughs> old PD Tendex. You know, little PD, little PD Tendex. Little, little PD, yeah, you know, little PD Tendex. Yeah. The oh, fact I feel that like not that's only taken. do the ends of all of his tentacles look like the glands of a penis, they have sure. little mouths on them. Right. So Which, there's that oh, wonderful shot that. where, mm-hmm. uh, where. Um, Ramos's character gets uh, like meets the monster and it has this little like it's like Gomez kissing Morticia's arm the little tentacle goes wum 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 listen he's we're, we're all sensitive people slash monsters yeah and like it, it works because you see it and you even see it in full flagrante with the character and still by the end of the movie you're like but what the hell is it? Like, I still didn't feel like I got a good enough look at it. Right. Which well, I think is th- the mark of a really good design in a monster movie. Oh, yeah. And and the other thing that I liked is that the monster is not evil or malevolent or... It's... Um, it, I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's a fucking alien, so it kind of probably... He's it, it just does... doing what he does. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's not out to hurt people. He's not, you know, a good or a bad thing. It's just literally this weird tentacle monster that happens to have a function that he's good at fucking kinda yeah and i love how the biologist just says this guy fucks just let him fuck (laughs) (laughs) 
And when everyone shows up to the cabin, he's like, you must be here to fuck while well, you're in luck. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So that thing does wreck the brother Fabian pretty hard. Oh, yeah. It it wrecks the shit out of him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I like the idea of, like, this is sex with um, bodies that are kind of incompatible technology, so it's like you're trying to run Windows on a Mac or something, the sex with the people and the tentacle monster. Yeah, it's playing that old DOS floppy disk of Clue on your mm-hmm. Windows 2000, and everything goes into, like, hyperspeed. Because right. there's no Mac speed code, because why bother? Exactly. So, like, you can't see the graphics because they're moving by so fast. Right. Yeah, this is a ROM hack, but with with fucking... So, I'm looking at our list, and I'm trying to find other comparable movies, and I don't know where to begin. Um, now, alright, let's let's start with a thing like Zyrum, right? Yes. So, Zyrum is a movie with a hella good creature design and great special effects. But Zyrum don't fuck. Right. That's true. That's true. Zyrum don't fuck. So, um. <laughs> are we losing out that this movie's all about Lil Petey and um, Lil, Lil Petey, Petey fuck and Zyrum, mm-hmm. Zyrum don't fuck? That's a good question. I... Wait, we should... Um, I... Uh, hmm. Okay. I... Do, I don't think it's better than Event Horizon, at least. You don't think it's better than Event Horizon? I do not. Justin, what do you think? Um, I mean, you guys seem to be holding this movie in a much higher regard than I am. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, that's fair. I mean, I tr- yeah, I definitely like this. For me, I was like at the 60 minute mark it could have been cut off and it would have been fine and it just kept going for me oh, that's um fair. so i'm also not a big fan of event horizon mm. so i can't do that and i haven't seen zyrum um so, so i'm trying to think of like is it body horror or is it more creature feature i mean i feel like this is going to be more creature feature because you know it's a horror movie, you know it's going to lead up to something, but in the meantime, it's literally just this, like, drama that you're waiting to see what's going to happen, and then mm. you finally get, like, this whole creature shown thing. So I think it falls under that category more. Yeah. So, well, <clears throat> at 56, we have uh, a clump of Gremlins, Pumpkinhead, and The Devil's Candy. I think the reason why we like The Devil's Candy so much is it was a family drama, but also a horror movie. And above that, we have, you know, two really great special effects-driven creature movies. Hmm. I do think Pumpkinhead is better. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. Um, so, I think hmm. that The Untamed is better than The Devil's Candy. Yeah? Yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah, because yeah, well, now the, the problem is that I'm trying to decide which I like more. The kind eyes of Ethan Embry or tentacle fucking, and how do you, how do you begin to grapple with a thing like that? You know. Okay, so so I think the way you grapple with that is you talk is you remove Ethan Embry's kind eyes and um, the tentacle monster completely. The vehicles of both of those movies. We watch right. the Devil's Candy to see Ethan Embry. Yes. But if we look at the actual the drama part, you remove all the spooky stuff. You have a dad and his wife moving into suburbia and trying to raise their teenage daughter versus mm-hmm. a love triangle between a husband, his wife, and his wife's brother mm-hmm. that they're all having this connection with. You have the adorable Moppet children who are just being children. You have the judgmental mom who's like, also making things awful, and then this weird woman shows up and throws everything into further chaos. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like between that, I would give the edge to... Um, well, no, because here's the thing. I would want to give the edge uh, to The Untamed purely because 
I think that dynamic is more interesting in that, like, I we've basically seen this will be a great new start for our family in a horror movie. Yeah, it's called Poltergeist, and it's way <laughs> higher on the list. <laughs> yeah, slash the Amityville Horror, slash American Horror Story Season 1, slash. And then I can't think of a lot of things like The Untamed. I'm hard-pressed to tell you any movie of, like, if you like this, you'll also like, well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What 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 is this like? I, I I don't know. Now actually, the only um the only other movie that I would group a thing like this with would be We Are the Flesh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it would. Isn't that a? So the Untamed is a Mexican movie. What about We Are the Flesh? Isn't that a that is Spanish? Also, no, that is, that is that also a Mexican? Mexican. That's also a Mexican horror movie. Um, Damn! What are these guys doing down there? I don't know what's going on in Mexico with like ex- is it like extreme Mexican horror because like We Are the Flesh. I started to try to watch that at work because I didn't read the fucking plot synopsis and then very quickly just put on something else and then watched it when I got home um, because it's got like wild incest and it's post-apocalyptic and it's kidnapping. And uh, so that's like the closest thing I could try to liken The Untamed to. But that's not on the list yet. Not yet. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It'll be a dark day when it is. I think we got to give the edge to the untamed and put it right above the devil's candy. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's pretty fair. So that yeah. makes the, the untamed our new 58. Man, Man uh, go also, watch this movie. It is indescribable. Everything we've said does not do it justice. No, yeah. If anything, we've undersold this movie. Like, it is fucking buck wild. I never in my life. And the thing is, like, I, um, because I, I, I had a lot of dirtbag friends and I, I, uh, back in the day and I got a lot of, like, really bad tentacle hentai, like, sent to me as a joke, as a sort of visual equivalent of, oh god, this smells horrible, look at this. So I, by rights, should have hated this movie, but it was, it was just fascinating. I really, really liked it. I mean, I, too, was tricked into watching that video where that woman had sex with an eel, mm-hmm. and nowhere close <laughs> to as shocking as this was. We all nod sagely, like, mm, yes, that video. Ah, uh, oh, yes, yeah, the eel, girl and eel in bathtub. I, I recall it well. <laughs> A fine vintage, yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, 2007 was an excellent year. <sighs> yeah. Jesus. Guys, why are why are we the way that we are? Um the so the next movie we have uh is um actually do you guys want to let's see. Uh so well the next one on the list is uh Luna de Miel Ooh. or the honeymoon. So so this was chosen. Here's our our excellent synergy. This was chosen using the 30 days of plight method. This is our um rank and plight episode so there you go 30 days of vile now look if you want to watch this on netflix it is easier to type luna del miel into netflix instead of honeymoon because there are currently two movies called honeymoon that are both horror movies on netflix yep but Um, this is honeymoon from 2015 i haven't even seen the other one and i'm probably sure that i would hate it less yeah i i can guarantee that you'll hate it less I believe the other one is a Mumblegore movie, and I oh, know you're not I'm... a big fan of Mumblegore, but... Yeah. Uh... I mean, I'm, I might hate that more, but I would rather watch Mumblegore than this. Uh, Justin, what were your thoughts on Luna de Miel? Um, wow. So, part of me really liked it. Um, it was something, like, they did a lot of kind of classic horror type stuff in the sense that they didn't have as much dialogue, but they would let the music really set the mood for things. Mm-hmm. Um, my biggest complaint, though, is that um, there are... So in... Um, I guess preface this with trigger warning as I there is a section that has a scene of sexual assault, mm-hmm. and I'm going to talk about that real quick. Um, so... There's an earlier scene after the marriage where um, the, I forget the dude, oh, Jorge, um, takes off her wedding dress and her undergarments while she's unconscious, and there's just kind of this moment where he ghosts his hands over her breasts, 
and it is like an implied moment of like did he or didn't he and it's left up to the viewer to kind of like figure out if he did whereas later on there is an actual like full-on rape scene and i found that to make this movie actually become more tasteless to me because I felt that, like, it didn't need to be visually shown based on the fact that they already had this prior scene that I felt set it up much better. Yeah, it's yeah. clumsy and childish. And the fact that, like, he is, he rapes her and then he cries and they show a close-up of his tears to say, like, oh, he's conflicted. I, in the no. year 2017, don't want that. No. I don't no, care that, if you kidnap and rape a woman, you're not a sympathetic character. Well, and like, or even earlier in the movie, they're trying to set up Jorge as like, oh, is he kind of a lovable goof or is he a creep with like... So, the plot of the movie, uh, for those of you who have not had the misfortune of seeing, uh, seeing Luna de Miel, um, there's a creepy doctor who um, kidnaps a woman and like tries torturing her into loving him, basically. Like, he kidnaps her and then he's like we're married now and he it's listen folks it is an hour and a half of gross shitty torture with a bad payoff yeah Um, it's a will they the the payoff is supposed to be will she get stockholm syndrome after all this torture won't she say oh i love you now and like the the poster the everything hints that they're gonna you know end up together so it's a that's crazy it's an episode of new girl with uh skin on fingers being peeled away oh god fuck that scene <laughs> oh the fingers that was because i was it was just one of those things like there there were those three moments in this movie where he punishes her for something and they are the most extreme punishments like ever and mm-hmm. just like seeing her hand with the lines drawing on it and he's like oh no it's just a little cut and I was like, is he going to, like, cut the tendons in her hand? What's he going to do? And then he just flays each finger individually. And I was like, this is probably the most fucked up thing I've watched in a while. Yeah. And like, and all, and we can all admit, like, we've all watched some pretty gnarly shit. Um, and, yeah, this, this, was, this was hard to get there. And then I think it's also, the problem is that, like, okay, um, this was basically the torture version of Taming of the Shrew, where it's like, buh, can he, you know, sort of, uh, you know, like, t- tame this woman? And it's and the problem is that, like, they're... <sighs> okay. Now, here's the thing. Shallow Water, right? Um, that movie is bad for a lot of reasons, but it's, uh, to me, unforgivable because you make it an hour and a half, and you're waiting for there to be some kind of payoff for this, like, they're going to get out, there's going to be something, and then they just fucking die at the end of Shallow Water. Spoiler and, alert. For oh, a movie yeah, that's twenty been years out old, for twenty years, um, and Luna Damiel, listen to me. If you're gonna make me sit through an hour and twenty minutes of uncomfortable, shitty torture, and then that's it, and then uh, actually, should we should we spoil the ending of this movie and what it all comes out to? Yeah, because it doesn't change the movie. Because listen I to mean, me. If you actually, if you've heard us talking about this movie and then you want to go watch it, I got nothing for you. Um, but the, the, the conclusion of it is that um, the lady who gets tortured, um, she gets out, and then she starts torturing other people, because if you get abused, that means you become an abuser. Yeah, that's trash. Yeah. It makes me really, really, really mad. And it makes me mad in the way that, like, okay, it's the premise could be interesting of, like, okay, um, can you torture somebody into getting, like, Stockholm Syndrome, basically? And it's like, I mean, obviously horror, I mean, horror can be a lot of things, and one of the things that horror can be is taking an uncomfortable question like that and taking it to its logical conclusion. But the problem is that you have to be tall enough to ride that ride. And Honeymoon absolutely is not tall enough to ride that ride. Oh, Honeymoon. No. Oh, no. Oh, Honeymoon. Um, the uh, Now, the funny thing about this movie also um, is that the twist on this movie is meant to be that the lady's fiancé... Uh, who uh, at the at the beginning of the thing and who you see in flashbacks, actually paid the doctor to kill her so he could collect on the insurance money, and the doctor was like, "No, I'm saving you from him." And it's like, you can't bring that in in the third act as a kind of. So I know I've made you sit through an hour of straight up fucking torture. I made you gargle acid like Listerine. Uh, right. No harm, no foul. Right. 
Yeah, so it's good. Because I wasn't going to kill you. Oh, boy. Um, boy, this movie is just a dog shit dildo. I hate this movie. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it so much. Um, and I think it's also... It's hot trash. It's hot trash. And it also... It, bas- it was like misery as written by a guy that jerks off in public. <laughs> Fuck. Wow. That's basically what this is. So, what's a worse movie? I'm at the bottom of the list. I'm looking at the Transfiguration. Uh, what are you thinking? Above or below? I wanted to say below because here's the thing. I uh, fundamentally want to throw up and die when the implication in a thing is if you get abused, that means you're going to become an abuser. Yeah, that's stupid. It makes uh, me so mad. So Sleepaway Camp is a pretty controversial <laughs> film because it's also about if you're abused, you become a murderer. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Angela kills people because she was forced to transition to a woman. Yeah. Which is oh God. Which is why that movie sucks because you can't say that <laughs> to impressionable youth and and then watch it. Although. You know how Netflix has that section called Teen Screams? Mm-hmm. Who is watching those movies? My husband. Ah, there we go. It's just him? <laughs> just him. It's just for him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <coughs> they, <coughs> they somehow know. They're like, all right, there's one dude that is super into these, and we're, we're going to keep showing. Um, now, here's the thing, though. I think Sleepaway Camp is better because even aside from the terrible transphobia... At least it's not fucking torture and rape for an hour and a half. Oh my god, yes. So, speaking yeah. of torture and rape, uh, how does it stack up to Hellraiser Revelations? Ooh, buddy. Wait, wait I'm trying to remember which one Revelations is. Is that the techno one? No, no, that's a Hellbound. That's Hellworld. Uh, okay. Hellraiser Revelations is the one without Doug Bradley. It's oh, the, the last it's one. It's the sitcom okay. one. It's the Seinfeld of the Hellraiser franchise. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's yeah, that was trash. A horror movie about nothing. Um, God damn, Quincy, I don't. Which of um, I got to tell you, I have you. not seen Hellraiser Revelations at your behest. So oh, this I'm, is where <laughs> you guys have to do the heavy lifting. I'm I'm, gl- I'm glad I can save you from this. Um, would you agree, Justin? Hellraiser Revelation, like, the, at least the makeup in Honeymoon is kind of good? Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> if, if, that's, if that's what we want to cling to as, like, this was good. Um, I mean, okay, I'll be honest with you. The um, effect for the acid face at the end mm-hmm. was great looking. Yeah. yeah, it looked really good. And as soon as he pulled out, Jorge pulls out that people bucket, and I was like, oh, dunk, it's about to go off. This movie yeah. has not been good up to this point, but now it's mm-hmm. going to save it. Yeah. And that did help. Yes. And I had to say, I watched the whole movie because I thought it was going to get better. Right. That's, that's how it tricks you. I can't you. say that about... Grime Wave, that movie, I actively said, I don't want to keep watching this. Why am I watching this still? Oh. What's going on? And I didn't think that. I just watched it and then thought, oh, I've been tricked into wasting an hour and a half on this. See, but at least Grime Wave colon Cockface 3 has no fucking illusions about what it is, <laughs> what it's doing. And, and frankly, it's not hurting anyone. It's in its own like niche micro-budget horror, and it, yeah. it definitely has no delusions of grandeur. I think that's exactly. the problem with Luna Del Miel, is he thought he was making a serious film. Mm-hmm. And it turns out he didn't. Um, so in that regard, I would put it probably below Grime Wave Cockface 3 and above Hellraiser Revelations. Okay, that makes... Luna Del Miel, number 153. God damn, folks. That is... I want to thank you guys for, uh, for uh, sharing this experience. <laughs> um, I'm... I'm. Th- this is what... Guys, this is what we do, like, as our thing, is we watch these things. But listen, if I can prevent someone from watching this on Netflix, I feel mm-hmm. like we've done our our duty. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I know that we have prevented at least one person from watching Thanks Killing, so, you know, if we can help even one person, it's all worth it. <laughs> you know? Boobs um, in the first second. Oh my god. And a turkey. Anyway, um, so the next... Jesus, Jesus, Mary Joseph. The next movie we have up on the list is, and I'm so excited to talk about this, Motherfucking Train to Busan. It's it's so hard to transition between a movie as bad. Like, I'm a little dizzy <laughs> yeah. because I just scrolled up to the top of the list <laughs> from the, all the way to the bottom. Oh, yeah. So let Man. my eyes refocus for a second. But it's it's tough to, to spend a week watching... Luna de Miel, and then turning over to Trade de Busan. It's like, so now that I've drunk a fermented imitation butter flavoring that I found in my mom's cabinet, let's switch over to a delightful cabernet, and you're just like, as though you hadn't just consumed that. And we're moving <laughs> on to a good thing. But um, hey, this is fate smiling upon us, or, you know, apologizing, because this yeah. was chosen with the, a D10 as well. Oh, very good. Yeah. Uh, Justin, have you have you seen Train to Busan before? Uh, I have not. It's been on our Netflix queue for a long time, and we just haven't gotten around to it. So um, this was my first watching of it, and I'll be honest, this is probably one of my top five zombie movies ever. It's so after good. watching it. Yeah. Like, I don't... Like, they do things that... I was going to say, they do things in this movie that I have not seen or, like, people haven't considered before. And, like, just just the addition to zombie lore in general, I think this movie does, like, a great service to. What makes zombie movies work for me is just like what made The Untamed work when it's a movie about people that mm -hmm. also has this crazy circumstance. Because yeah. zombies are not mm. in 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 this. There's been so much zombie media that the actual shambling dead is not interesting. It's what's interesting about zombies is the way that it forces characters to interact with each other. It's the classic when you're in a playwriting class and they say put your characters in an elevator and see what happens. Mm -hmm. That's what zombie movies are. They are that elevator. And when you literally have okay, we're on a train, which we can't get off of, and we're stuck in a car because the zombies have chased us to this point in the train, mm -hmm. and we have all of these, you know, character stereotypes. What's going to happen when you have these very broad character types in a room together? And, you know, I'm a sucker for dad trying to do his best, but daughter calls him on his bullshit every step of the way movies, too. Yeah, and the kid in this, <clears throat> I, I normally don't care for... By the yeah. way, um, side note, sorry that my voice is kind of rough. Um, California is on fire right now, um, and I've been breathing in smoke for the last few days, so my, my voice is rough. Um, but the, the daughter in this, like, she... I normally don't go in for, like, moppets in horror movies, but they just found the best possible kid for this role. So, did you have any more points you wanted to make before we, we go, get into the ranking phase? Um, I think with, like... Train to Busan, uh, the only thing I really wanted to mention was that, um, like you were saying, uh, it it takes characters, but it makes you actually, like, care and have an emotional attachment, whether good or bad, to every character. So, like, the little girl is kind of this, like, um, almost pure character who only sees good and wants to do good. Mm -hmm. Whereas her father's just this terrible, you know, like, he's a shitty father, he's a terrible businessman, and other people view him as a shitty person. Yep. And then you get people like um, the older sisters who are kind of taking care of each other, um, the person that's running the train who's just an absolute asshole. Mm. And, like, you only deal with him in such a short amount of time that, like, he still brings out such vitriol towards him. Oh, yeah. Um, because of the fact that, like he's only looking out to save himself and it's fucking awful and he's just the worst person yeah so i think it the like everything with that is done really well definitely and then especially like the uh, the ceo guy that uh, gets his horrible comeuppance at the end um yeah. i like that this is a kind of um it's almost like so the main character of the thing he's a selfish shitty guy who's also trying to be a good dad and i like that he's got this example of like you see this guy this is what you look like don't be this guy 
<laughs> yeah, he's he's just a fucking dick who th- sacrifices everybody else. And like, and in, in an early part of the movie, uh, the protagonist like cl- what is like doesn't want to let people into the elevator, uh, and they could have gotten um, killed by zombies. And he, you know, he's basically sort of like, listen, man, I gotta watch out for me and mine. You know, like I'm I'm sorry about your luck, but this is an extraordinary circumstance, and I'm gonna look out for me and my daughter. Um, and then as the movie progresses, like so many people. Like, you know what this is? This is like a competent version of that scene in The Dark Knight where everybody's on the boat with the with, with the detonators. This is that, but extended, good, on a train with zombies. So it's uh, Spider-Man. Yes, yes, this is, <laughs> this is Spider-Man. And then also, um, I, there's so much, honestly, the ending of this movie, I was sobbing like a child at work watching it. Like... Because of what the you know the father he's like sacrificing himself because he doesn't want to hurt his daughter and he's about to turn into a zombie, and he's just having this flashback to when she was a baby and how happy she made him and like as he's turning into a zombie and his eyes are like filming over going milky he's about to turn into a zombie and then he throws himself off the train, and then after that like a song that his daughter sang early on earlier on in the film in front of a class like uh, Aloha Oi like she is coming out of a tunnel where there's a bunch of military guys pointing a gun at it, and they're like, ah, oh, bogeys, and then they hear this tiny voice singing, like, oh my god, I just yeah. love this goddamn movie so much. So, yeah, th- this movie's phenomenal. <coughs> so, I'm looking at Shaun of the Dead. That's our highest-ranked zombie film, and that's mm-hmm. number 12. This is better than Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Um, so I think this is better than Ghostwatch because uh, I care about the characters. Now, Ghostwatch is incredible and also legit gave children PTSD, which is, like, notable. But this movie made me cry. And I think the other movies on this... I, I Like, movies on this list that have made me cry, there's, like, Texas Chainsaw, the ending of Texas Chainsaw. Uh, Jaws made me cry. Get Out made me cry. The Babadook made me cry. And then past that, it's like, eh, a couple of those have made me cry, but... So so what triggers your uh, tear ducts to, to kick in? Is it um, fear? Is it relief for the characters? Is it connection? What is it? I think it's usually kindness in a movie. I kind of can't deal with kindness when, like, everything is terrible and people are, like... I don't know, I think it's the sort of finding love in hell sort of thing, where, you know, against all reason and against all odds, somebody is being selfless and, 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 and giving of themselves to somebody else, and they don't have to, but they're doing it because they care about this person. Uh, that, that fucks my shit up real bad. Now, the Babadook also has a prominent parent-child relationship. Mm-hmm. Who is a better parent? Oh fuck! Oh wow! Oh buddy, now now that's now we're asking the real questions here. Better mm. child is clearly the little girl in Train to Busan. She is a pure angel, and that little kid in the Babadook. I understand why her, his mom was. <laughs> it makes complete sense. The movie wants you to want that a crossbow child around and shooting people with a crossbow. <laughs> Like, the Babadook wants you to kind of want that child dead to get you in the headspace of the mom and the Babadook. Yeah, you're like, it tracks. <laughs> yeah, I do that, it too. That checks out. Uh, That's uh, the true horror of the Babadook is you watch it and you're like, I do want to kill that kid. And then you say, what have I become? And then you hear duke 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 and you're like oh fuck oh fuck me well and the thing is um all right so who's the better parent the mom and the babadook or the dad in train to busan i would say the mom and the babadook is better and here's why he's a fucking shitty dad right before they get on that train like his his daughter is going through turmoil because of a messy divorce and she wants to see her mom and he's like how about a nintendo wii <laughs> that my <laughs> my secretary bought me and then my favorite thing is that that no sale she points in the corner and there's a wii still in the box in the corner 
<laughs> and I, I, I just imagine in my head canon that she opens the closet and Weeze just tumble out of the closet. <laughs> oh my god. A huge column of Weeze that he keeps bringing home. It's actually like Groundhog Day. <laughs> And he's he's on a loop. Actually, well, and the thing is, cause so so he's a shit bird, kind of kind of a Disneyland dad a little bit. And the mom and the Babadook, like she's she's been in the shit, right? Like she's, you know, she's been raising this kid and trying and you know putting in the work in a way that the the dad on Train to Busan kind of has to redeem himself for by like stepping the fuck up and 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 protecting her and trying to do what he can. I, mean, I think too that like the the father in Train to Busan like develops not only like that parental care and like attempt to save his daughter, but also starts to realize that people around him also like matter as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like especially when he's trying to um, help the father towards the end, mm-hmm. um, so that they can all escape hopefully, and. Um, like there's a lot of like self-sacrifice that he begins to make yeah um and i feel like as as a rounded character he is much better than the mother from the baba duke as his like personal growth goes that's a really good point like he is a he is a visibly different man at the at the end of this film so so right i think now we get into like world philosophies like do we believe that like do we want our fiction to be realistic and like uh, see the character arc or do we prefer a movie where a person is shitty they go through shit and then they just kind of learn to deal with it like that's my favorite thing about the babadook is the message is depression is a monster and it never goes away you just have to to cope with it so that it doesn't get out of control yeah, you got to pay your respects. You got to go down to the basement. You, you, like you don't pretend that it's not there. You just don't let it run your shit for you. Yeah, you acknowledge it and you say you're only allowed in the basement. Well, and like that to me, like the 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 big moment of the Babadook for me is when she is screaming at her own depression and screaming, "If you touch my child again, I'll fucking kill you." Like that's when the waterworks start coming on for me when I watch the Babadook. Um, and I, I think honestly. Uh, now, in terms of parent-child relationships, uh, Train to Busan has one thing that the Babadook doesn't have, and it's those good class politics. Because um, this is very, very much a movie about class, I think. Because her dad is, like, what, a hedge fund manager, basically? Yeah, yeah. He's a yeah. business trader. Yeah. Um, and you've got, you know, like, w- one of the guys that, like, sacrifices himself is a homeless guy... And you've kind of... I, I feel like there's an undercurrent of, like, class politics kind of running through this movie in the way that it's not there in The Babadook. And that's not to say... I mean, obviously, The Babadook is doing a different thing, and it's running on different themes and different subtexts. But <coughs> I don't know. Like, I... There's just so much to dig into with Train of Busan. And yeah. it's... Oh, God, it's so good. And, like... You could even argue that it's making all these subtle social commentaries, uh, even stuff with, like, sexualizing teenage girls, because you have this, you know, one of the first infected girls on the train is this young woman in this really tight skirt, and then she starts walking all rickety and starts eating people. And, like, at first they don't really know what's going on, and um, I lost my track with that. Another thing that I really love is that throwaway that throwaway line from the old ladies where they're like, back in the old days, you'd be re-educated. So, like, they are clearly women who lived in North Korea and escaped over the border and now are cranky women. They're like, well, in my day, we were tortured by a dictator when we disagreed with people. Oh, yeah. And yeah. that's just, like, this reality for these Koreans. Also, that truck driver at the very beginning, who's, like, the most crotchety oh, yeah. guy, is like, He's a salty old you. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man. They're, like, honestly, this movie, and, and that that's kind of the thing with, like, the Babadook versus um, Train to Busan. Both of those movies are full of mean, angry, unlikable fucks. Yeah. Yeah, like just just ugly people trying to figure their shit out, and honestly, hashtag relatable. To be honest, like ugly people trying to work their shit out, I, it's good. And with Train to Busan, I love the fact that like 
as an action movie, uh, I like that it doesn't have the pretense of needing to have shambling zombies, because here's the thing. I feel like the entire debate about should zombies run, the thing is that who gives a shit? Like, the zombies yeah. in this work perfectly, be and like, the, 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 I think in terms of construction, the zombie bit that I like the most is when they're uh, trying to get away on this train at the end, and they're, uh, one zombie like grabs onto the, the bottom rung of the train ladder, and then another zombie grabs onto that guy, and then there's just this giant shambling triangle of corpses like dragging behind this train. And visually, it's so, so cool. So, yeah, this, this movie takes what World War Z wanted to do with the, like, kind of mindless zombies piling on each other or moving in this, like, huge wave mm -hmm. and does it properly yeah. as opposed to just making a mess of CGI. Exactly. And again, I think the reason why this works, speaking of a zombie movie that doesn't work, it's because that's the Brad Pitt movie. It's about this one guy, and zombie movies are ensemble cast vehicles and well, that's what this has that the Babadook doesn't have is a, is an ensemble cast well yeah and like I, I think honestly my favorite zombie movie of all time is dawn of the dead and that's the thing that i love about dawn of the dead is that like when i watch that movie like you really feel like you're in that mall with these people living with them like you've got these rich characters and with these with all these dynamics and they're all you know so much of this movie has nothing to do with the zombies and i think that's amazing Okay, so what's our absolute ceiling? So we're talking about the Babadook, but what can it absolutely not go higher than? Get Out. Get Out? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think Get Out's better. So it's either right above or right below the Babadook. Hmm. I do think that for sheer like volume of characters there's there is a there is something to what Simba was saying about character growth and like dynamics and all that with mm -hmm. you know a train that comes with a train full of characters rather than a tense movie with only two people now well, and in which fairness is, like the, the mom and the babadook does change substantially by the end of the film yeah which is like, scarier mm. I think the Babadook. See, I would think it would be Train. Um, oh, there you go. What's that? Only because I'm I'm exhausted on the concept of um, having the monster represent um, mental illness. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like, it's something like, especially with shitty movies, it, it, you end up seeing it so much, and it's so exhausting. Mm -hmm. But um, and I mean, like, the Babadook does it well, but like. To me, um, just kind of like a, a concept of the apocalypse happening and it being this zombie. Like, everything is just crumbled. And, like, you're going through and you just see, like, fires and destruction and you're just trapped like that. Mm -hmm. Is much more frightening to me than, you know, this monster representing, like, my own personal illness. Yeah. I I think the problem is with the Babadook, I have like specifically I watched that movie and then the next night my son crawled in bed with me and like grabbed me by the throat and like I saw it, I I sat like rod straight up in the bed and it was like holy shit that's terrifying. Mhm. Mm um but I am recusing myself from Final Ranking because I didn't finish the movie. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh. Wait a minute. Hold, listen, wait, you... listen, listen. <laughs> this is finals week. Oh, that's true. That is true. <laughs> I have a lot okay. of grading to do. And uh, the movie okay, but... is in a foreign language, is subtitled, so it's not like I can put it on in the background. Like I had to, like... But devote time and attention and sadly i picked honeymoon first i was thank you i was just about to say like so wait hold, hold the back the goddamn bus up you watched the entirety of honeymoon and and the tentacle fucker movie and train to busan was just like listen man i got a life to lead i can't i can't be i can't be finishing this fucking stone cold classic 
Well, I think what happens is like that's that's how the week goes. Is Monday is a very like everything's gonna go great this week. You know, I'm gonna get a lot of sleep. I'm gonna catch up on some movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wednesday night rolls around, and I'm like, shit, I have to watch one more movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe well, I mean, I'll I... have chance to watch it. You know, on my lunch break, and then Thursday during the day, it's like I can't. And I went. I got. I got home from work today and thought I'll watch it then, and I took a nap instead. <laughs> well, there we go. So, uh, I, so what is ranked higher, the Babadook or Naps? Mm. Ooh. God, I love Naps. Yeah, Naps are pretty great. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, so I think we have our new number six. <laughs> <laughs> naps. <laughs> it's Naps. See, what if we just like completely went like off the rails and started ranking things like naps? No, but for Come... real, where do you do you want to put <laughs> Train to Busan as number six? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's. Yeah, yeah. I would. I I feel really good about Train to Busan. Better than the Babadook. Not as good as Get Out. All right. I think that's good. Man, yeah. it's. I'm definitely gonna finish this one. Now, full disclosure: <laughs> there are some movies that we've talked about that I have not finished mm-hmm. that I will not go back and finish. Oh, absolutely. Sometimes, uh, Ryan, when uh, we get a listener request and it's something that I know you've seen, I go on YouTube and I click uh, highlights, highlights of <laughs> mm-hmm. and see the great special effects and go, yep, I'm not missing out on much. <laughs> I mean, Unfortunately, I'm I didn't do that for uh, fucking uh, Luna Del Miel. Are so. there highlights? Are there highlights for Luna um, Del Miel? I mean, the I think scene? there is a. I believe that there is a black market bootleg, like a Faces of Death, uh, Terror in the Isles, but for perverts of Luna Del Miel. <laughs> yeah, that Luna Del Miel, and which is exactly the thing was when uh, Quincy we were talking about. Like, I struggle to picture the target demo for Luna Del Miel. Um, and then I, I, I told Quincy that, and you just responded, perverts. It's perverts. That's who... Wa- we're, like, not even... Because we've... I mean, obviously, we just talked about it, and we're going to be doing a show about it. Um, so, obviously, we've watched this movie, but it's, like, people that would legitimately watch it, love it, and maybe even, for fuck's sake, watch it a second time. Yeah, yeah. Like, look at that gross scene. Isn't that great? And to be fair, like, that's effect. Well, I don't even want to call it effective filmmaking. It's gross, so it's mm. fascinating, but yeah. I don't know if that's good. Uh, it's kind of uh. like the same people that are really into Joshi Gravure, like the the Japanese pro wrestling women. It's just like they're they're um, modeling like Asuka, mm. but where she's barely holding her untied bra on. Fuck's sake. It's just for perverts. So Rumble Roses. Yeah. Yeah, purely purely for perverts. So hey, uh where uh Justin, where can we uh where can our listeners find you online? Um a couple places. Uh you can go to my website, which is thirty days of Um that's gonna be the number thirty, so three zero D A Y S O F P L I G H T dot com. Um, I'm also on Twitter and Facebook under 30 Days of Plight the same way. Um, other than that, I do have a Twitch handle that's 30 Days of Plight that probably, uh, starting in January, I'll start doing some live streams of um, the Friday the 13th game. Oh, and yeah. uh, once I get all that stuff set up oh, and yes. can talk over it. <laughs> Dude, I, I feel like I should point out, wait, are you on uh, PS4? Yes. We should totally play at some point. I, I'm addicted to that game. Yeah, you two will have to play each other. Uh... Yeah, I, I must say I need to find a group so that it's not just me and playing with um, ang- surly children. Like, yeah, it's like... surprising the amount of, like... Yeah, hey. As you no, say, it's surprising the amount of, like, fucking unbroken voices just <laughs> yelling random stuff on there. Like, yeah. just that, like, eight-year-old screaming for chocolate milk playing a Friday the 13th game. See, and it's do you like, why I like Splatoon where you're not allowed to talk to oh, other people? I love Splatoon, right. too, but... Oh, yeah. yeah. Wait, Justin, do you ever get this it's thing also where you... preloaded kind of... phrases. That's what I want in my <laughs> online yeah. games. Wait, Justin, do you also do this thing playing Friday the 13th where you kind of want to get on mic and ask these kids, like, all right, son, where are your parents... 
But what are you? You're you could not be. You're nine if you're a day. What are you doing playing this game? Uh, not mm, not so much because uh, it's part. It's part of the fun of it. I think is just like as long as it doesn't get annoying, mm-hmm. then it's laughable at it. Oh, I love. Yeah, I mean, like I, I love like kids are hilarious, and I love kids. So it's. I don't know, like, I, having having a child chase me through the woods with an axe screaming about how he's going to kill me is the funniest thing in the world. Oh, yeah. But, so, um, we uh, at Rank and Vile can be found on Twitter at uh, Rank and, uh, Rank and Vile Cast, uh, on Instagram at Rank and Vile, and on Tumblr at Rank and Vile. Um, go on and send us uh, movie uh, movie requests. Uh, I think through our Tumblr, Quincy, is preferable, yeah? Tumblr and Gmail, rankandvilecast at gmail.com, are the best. Uh, I check Gmail every day. I check Tumblr never. So, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> and no point. But here's really the thing. Our um, number four movie came through an anonymous listener request with Jaws. So you know. <laughs> It did. So you can really shake up the list if you do use uh, the tumbles. Um, hey, there's uh, light bills to pay. We got to put clothes on our back. Let me tell you about our sponsors this week. Yeah. So we're sponsored, sponsored by Turnbuckle Titans. Uh, you know how much we love deathmatch wrestling, and our buds at Turnbuckle Titans also love deathmatch wrestling. Uh, if you go to turnbuckletitans.bigcartel.com, you can buy the one, the only, Super Leather. That's right, the Leatherface Cosplay Wrestler t-shirt, uh, Fighting Mr. Pogo. It's got blood on it, like it's all red and black and gray. Uh, and they're going to give you guys free shipping if you want to order. That is, um, so that makes it a solid 20 bucks. So 20 bucks for a yeah. t-shirt, that's better than, you know, the local Hot Topic uh, Young Bucks shirt. So you know you need that. <laughs> so use code rank and vile at checkout at turnbuckletitans.bigcartel.com to get you an amazing uh, Leatherface and Mr. Pogo Deathmatch t-shirt. We're also brought to you this week by El Jefe brand uh, enamel pins. Uh, These guys are super amazing, too. They're giving our listeners 20% off with that same code, Rank and Vile. Just go to eljefebrand.com. You can get a Mothman of West Virginia pin uh, with glittery Mothman eyes. He is uh, a sweet baby boy. He is my boyfriend. uh, He wants to live on your jacket, so... Please uh, have 20% off on us and uh, support independent makers like Turnbuckle Titans and El Jefe Brand. Yep, and aside from that, I believe that's all we got. Justin, once again, thank you so much for watching these ridiculous movies. Yeah, no, thanks for uh, asking me to be on. This has been great. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> have a good <laughs> week, everybody. Take it easy, folks. Ooh.